Uh, this is Craven. This is Zach. Yeah, and, and, we're, uh, and we're back. We're back. We were never actually gone. Uh, we've just been really busy, and uh, there were a couple trips that we both took uh, separate from one another, and so we had to kind of sync back up. But we're back in the studio now. We're back almost every day now. Today on the podcast, uh, I don't think we're going to do anything too crazy. I think we're just going to do some updates. Let's get everybody back on track, all right? Yes. All right, quit <laughs> screwing around. We're back. Quit screwing so, around. Even though we never left, we're, this is new. It's new. It's <laughs> we, new. Uh, yeah, we've been, uh, if you've been following us on the social medias, which we've been hitting pretty hard, keep you guys updated on uh, that, that we are working on episode six. Let's and, start uh, with episode six, yeah. shall we? And episode six is fun. It's a lot of fun. Episode six is coming together slowly but surely. There's always that first, I think we talk about this at the beginning of every podcast, every, yeah. uh, but there, there's always a big process. And then what happens is once you get rolling with the story and the actual script is getting locked, it's it's almost exponential in the way that the episodes come together. And the first phase is always the most difficult because it, you, you start with like a two hour, two and a half hour movie. And you're like, what is this going to all be about? <laughs> What's the entire thing going to be about? Yeah, we have 15 minutes or less. We have plans going in, but we also find jokes along the way. So there's a lot of looking at scenes and thinking, is this something that might be funny? And then sometimes we'll build a joke and you'll have to go back into the the full film to find things to bolster that joke or or whatnot. But uh, episode six is coming together. Um, every every time we get together, there are more parts of the story that come together that are that are hilarious. And it becomes a little more crisp every time. So we have the basic storyline yeah. worked out. I don't want to give any... Don't give anything not, away. But even just like expectations where it's like, you guys are going to love it. You're going to be satisfied when this is over because that just never works out. Like, <laughs> just I'm not going to tell you how you're. I think you're going to feel about it. Yeah. It'll just, we're going to be proud of it like we always are. Like we were of Deadpool. <laughs> let's, uh, go, let's, let's go into that. <laughs> so, so Deadpool, uh, we were both happy with Deadpool. Uh, and we understand that people have... They have their perspective on it, and uh, we get that it was not uh, a huge success with a lot of people. Well, I just, think I think people their expectations that have have grown around our use of the word outtakes, which is maybe where the problem that's true. started. When we first started putting that video together, the the gag was basically in our minds was what if Deadpool was the same type of character, but everything he said wasn't really that funny. Yeah. Like his jokes weren't hitting at all. He he sort of goes off on tangents that aren't funny. So it's what if Deadpool wasn't really funny. And I, I often wonder if we had actually called it, you know, what if Deadpool wasn't funny, <laughs> if it might've changed people's perspectives or uh, ch- changed people's perceptions going into yeah, it. Yeah, because I think the perceptions people had was that we were trying to make it funnier. And I don't, yeah. And yeah, on that level we definitely failed that's because that was not the point but yeah we weren't trying to make it funnier than the film which was hilarious we were trying to make it as if deadpool first we tried serious pool (laughs) which was making everything he said really 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 serious so you know instead of cracking jokes he's like i'm gonna come after you and it's gonna hurt a lot yeah, the you know, problem, things, but it didn't. It didn't work. Well, the problem with it is that Ryan Reynolds' acting is so bubbly. It's so visually cartoonish that the, whatever we put over it just didn't work because of that. His his physicality yeah. kind of ruined that that potential. Um, 
And it's whatever. Uh, you know, if, when you have to explain the joke, it's not funny. That's just comedy 101. And uh, <laughs> and YouTube 101, the video's gone anyway. Because as of this morning, Fox blocked it. <laughs> I don't know if because it was that bad or if... Uh, yeah, just for the record, we didn't pull the video ourselves. Yeah. <laughs> we, we thought it was pretty funny. But uh, um, there were some things. There were some, uh, some uh, Godsmack fans. We didn't mean to... Uh... <laughs> Listen, I, I, I've played a lot of Godsmack in my day. I've earned the ability to make fun of Godsmack. It's we weren't trying to say that Godsmack isn't isn't good, but yeah. uh, but they are kind of funny in, in their They're, own way. They are funny, regardless of how you feel about their musical talent, which I think they do have. Their videos are fucking stupid. Like that's just that's <laughs> undeniable. He's like, the, 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 go watch Voodoo right now and tell me that video is rad. So Deadpool is gone. It's yeah. off the channel. We didn't remove it. Fox blocked it. Yeah, we. Uh, they actually they tried to monetize it. <laughs> Which is pretty hilarious because that video topped out probably faster than any other video we've ever released. Um, and but then, yeah. and then here, but we didn't notice for like a month because like we were just both busy doing our own things. And I was like, wait, when did this video get monetized by Fox? So I did my standard fair use dispute. We're like, hey, this is parody. We made an original thing out of this. It's not a, an attempt to replace your. And they just came back with like, oh, yeah, block. <laughs> Maybe they looked at the numbers and were like, yeah, it's better off if this thing just doesn't exist anyway. <laughs> we're not making any dough off of this. Yeah. Uh, uh, which is funny because sometimes when somebody seems really serious, they're kind of into you doing a parody and they kind of support it. And then something like Deadpool, which is supposed to be the most irreverent thing ever, they're like, you can't. You can't How touch. Dare this. you? Yeah. How it's, dare you make? You know fun that kind of. Not that like Ryan Reynolds himself was at the button, but that just kind of s- supports my belief that Ryan Reynolds is like. I have this thing about handsome guy humor, because it's like you don't you don't really develop a good sense of observational humor when you're just a, like a shredded stud with a six pack. Observational humor comes from being treated a certain way and viewing the world a certain way. And his sort of humor is just like he just overly confidently states things in a in a bubbly way that just he hopes you thinks is funny. So sometimes he's just saying things and he hopes that just by saying more, by adding words to it and sometimes maybe throwing a weird word in there that what he's saying is funny. And it's not always funny. I'm sorry, Ryan, but <laughs> I think he's funny. I think he's funny. I'm not saying he's not a funny guy. He's funny. But sometimes he's just he goes overboard. It's like just being wordy with his joke you know, and his I, delivery and it I, just doesn't always work i i kind of agree with you but i also kind of just love how he took ownership of of deadpool oh, and said yeah we're gonna make this we're gonna do this the right way and i'm gonna executive produce it i think he was exa- one of the executive yeah, producers. yeah well he was behind the uh the test video they did too like it's his voice yeah. he produced it with his own money i mean I'm, listen i'm fully behind that like it's, it, because if anything the character of deadpool is just ryan reynolds what I'm saying is that pre-Deadpool, I wasn't a huge Ryan Reynolds fan. He did some. I like the movie Waiting. I like movies that he's in, but he's always that kind of smirky douchebag. Like I know you think what I'm saying is funny because I'm just ch- that charming. Did you see you know? the film where he was uh, buried in a coffin? No, I never saw that. It's, it's really good. He had a cell phone the whole time, right? Yeah. Uh, what's the name? I'm gonna figure out the name of that film. Buried. <laughs> no, it's not. Called... <laughs> I don't think it was called Buried. Uh... Suffocation or something like that. What was it called? Uh. Buried, yeah. Oh, it was buried. It was buried. Good, good call. <laughs> I just tried to make it like the most sci-fi channel ripoff. I thought that ever. was. I thought that was great. It's a good concept. I, I, I mean, it's I... um, it, it's. I don't. I don't know if it was a great film, but the thing is, I really appreciate uh, people taking those kinds of bizarre challenges yeah. on and saying, "I'm going to make a feature film, and it's only going to be this guy in this 
small space, and that's the whole film. I mean, it, it's a risky and interesting kind of maneuver. Was it the unofficial sequel to Phone Booth? Phone Booth. At first, he was trapped in a phone booth, phone but those booth. don't exist anymore. So we put him in the ground. There was um, what was the what was the other film that put two? I mean, there was of course Open Water, which is the two people just floating. Mm. But that was oh, that was a little Were bit they different. Just being circled by sharks. Yeah. They made, was, a, um, they made it that was so that was based on a true story. Then they made a sequel that was not that was based on the success of the sequel <laughs> or the original. Oh, is that sort of like Human Centipede? Where yeah. they were sort of like, where the second movie is going to be aware of the first movie. No, no, no. That's that's its own thing. Jesus, oh, the Human oh, Centipede. Let's not talk about that. Needs to stop. It's, you can't you can't be stupid and then and then try to own that it's stupid. That's my least favorite out. <laughs> Video games do that all the time. The game Borderlands does that a lot too. I, it's Borderlands has you doing rote cliche video game stuff like fetch quests and things like that uh-huh. but they think that they can have they can do that as long as they make fun of it uh, it's like no you're still making me do it right, like, right right you're still making me watch human centipede you don't get to <laughs> have another human centipede just because you're making fun of it <laughs> <laughs> right well, well so my, my theory coming back to fox blocking our, our oh, video right. for good is that uh the, the the head guy at fox is a, a godsmack fan oh that'd be the ultimate yeah, twist i think <laughs> I think that's what if it. The, what if the guy from Godsmack is the head executive <laughs> at Fox now? That's just then Godsmack is his side gig. I mean, how many of those like like upper class like rich dudes just ride Harleys for fun? That's like a total. That's who rides Harleys now. I, that's not who I grew up yeah. around, but that's definitely who it is now. So then, uh, so coming up, we have a couple cool things that are in the, the planning stages that are probably going to happen. Yeah. Number one is that we. Actually, it's not number one. It's just what it is. There is no number two. Uh, In order of most important. uh, We are going to be doing a live performance of some Arl Knotts music at a convention called Too Many Games in late June. The uh, the weekend of the 23rd. The details are still in the works. But as it stands, we have been asked to perform. I believe it's a private after party. But 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 if people are interested and they... Are going, they can reach out to us, and we could we could get you guys. We we'll get you that. in. We got we know people. <laughs> we know people now. That's a thing we do. It will be our our first and possibly last musical performance. We said that about our podcast too, yeah, and well, we're still here. Well, yep, uh, yep, kind of. Uh, but uh, we're we're going into it for reals. Like we're gonna be perform we're gonna be performing. So that ought to be that ought to be interesting. Yeah, I've been I've been rehearsing the shit out of it in the shower. <laughs> Shower time is amazing, and we're going to be pairing with uh, with another collaborator and friend, Bishop, who uh, we've we've tweeted out some of yeah, Bishop's you, bass you, bin mixes. If you haven't checked out the bass bins that I tweet, go ahead and do that right now because you will exercise. That's the only possible yeah he's r- result of listening to his mixes. He's a he's a master mixer, and uh, he's the other side of Inalium. That's um that's that's me and and Bishop. Uh, do uh, Alia mixes. Yeah, uh, that's if, like if that. If you're familiar with any of that stuff. Yeah. Go back to the Game of Thrones mix, the uh, Legend of Zelda. Was it Water Temple? Is that what it was? No, <laughs> the Palace. Palace, yeah. Yeah, from was, Zelda 2. Thanks. That, um, and then our uh, Renaissance album is is like a, one of my favorites. Which I think, but, we used a track on that in episode one, didn't we? Yes, yeah. uh, in the car ride from the club. Yeah, the uh, violence happens. <laughs> um. You know, it's Bishop is the reason I started getting into DJ mixes on SoundCloud. It's that's a deep world. I mean, it's, it's almost like yeah. in, what entirely what SoundCloud is about right now, and it's just hour long DJ mixes. So good, yeah. They're 
there was a meme going around a little bit ago. You should actually look some up right now. It was it was sort of uh, it was SoundCloud artist versus Bandcamp artist, and it was just people just posting, just finding ridiculous pictures of each one. <laughs> Bandcamp versus SoundCloud yeah. artist. Meme, yeah. Look up the meme. The Everything's meme. a meme now. What? You're nothing unless it's a meme. Is the most accurate meme what? Oh, God. it's the most mind blowing. <laughs> oh no! So the first one is Get Out. It's uh, Andre from from Get Out, but his character from is that Atlanta maybe, <laughs> versus his old white guy outfit from Get Out. Huh. Pretty solid. You should check the top one. The top one is probably the original. Yeah, those guys. That's the original. Huh. Those are probably real artists found on either or yeah. platform. We exist on both of them, so I don't know what that means. That that doesn't uh that's not good. <laughs> no. I mean that's like the electronic DJ. He uses electronic devices. Oh damn. Powered by oh that guy. I mean they're both kind of like, what the fuck? <laughs> Excuse me. Um, how do we, let's not even, let's get away from this. This is, the, this look is up the, the meme. It's a funny meme. This That's, is a rabbit hole. This is like when you're yeah. on YouTube and you start clicking suggested videos and before you know it, you're somewhere really strange. Russian and, and dash cams you, is where you, you start. <laughs> That's the place to start. ASMR takes you down oh, some pretty weird. Oh, ASMR. Oh, yeah. That's, That's, keep that in your, keep that in your head. Look up ASMR so you know what the hell's going on in the future. Yeah, we get to... Uh, that, that actually, I want to give a shout out to Bill Scurry, who's uh, one of our original fans. He's been around for with us forever. He's He was the, again, to remind you, we had an event, our one and only event in New York City where we invited people out <laughs> and uh, it was a movie night and Bill was literally the only person that came out. It was like both depressing and heartwarming at the same time. He's an amazing guy. It was the best. And uh, he has a podcast now with his friend Noah called I Don't, I Don't Get It. And it's uh, two forty somethings trying to wrap their heads around, you know, what's going on. And their 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 most recent podcast was ASMR. So if that's a, probably a good place to start. Yes, definitely check check them out. Absolutely. Yeah. Another uh, shout out to Scott, uh, who is a uh, our friend from Texas. friend from Texas, uh, who is possibly going to be working with us to hit another conference in Dallas yeah. uh, next year. We're conference men now. No, now we that's just do conferences. Do. That's all we do. We don't work. We just. We just travel from con to con. Uh, Scott was one of those guys who had Star Wars theories that just blow your mind. Like he he runs so deep with Star Wars theories that you start to really wonder. And actually, I think he, you know, what we should do. We should have Scott on. Sometime. We should have Scott on. He's Let's a, we'll have Scott come on and just talk Star Wars theories. We'll do like an all I like Star Scott, Wars. Theory I love episode. you, but something changed in your eyes the second you switched over to Star Wars theory mode. <laughs> it was like this is a different person we're talking to right now. <laughs> I turned around and just started talking to the Scooby-Doo guy behind me, the shaggy guy. <laughs> That's not true. I listen to you, Scott. You're great. Um, so, yeah, we'll we'll yeah. update you on that. That one's not for a while. That, that one's not until not next year. But, but uh, speaking of work, we do have some new uh, videos in the works that are just kind of random things that uh, to keep on the lookout for. We, we know we've been kind of quiet on the channel. Uh, we've but, been brewing up storms. Yeah, there are things in the works as always, and uh, we're going to be coming through with another. It's going to be a slew. It's going to be a flood, flash flood warning. <laughs> I don't know. It There's... always it always gets tough when you start jumping into another Star Wars episode. I think that's yeah, that's what like, usually happens. We we it's only two of us, and if you ask our moms, sometimes it's we just forget to let people know that we're alive. <laughs> But yeah, we have some other types of videos in the works just because, you know, like the Deadpool thing, we're losing ownership of the stuff we make. Um, we pretty much literally every video we make is now, I think people have seen 
the possibilities of just doing nothing and making money on it. So they just come in, they swoop in, they claim our videos, and then boom, they're just every ad dollar, every ad you see is putting money in their pockets. So we're gonna try and make some stuff that's Arnold not style humor, but it's ours. Like we we're gonna shoot some things. So yes. We hope you like that stuff. Yes. We're not doing it because we're trying to be like other yes. YouTube channels. <laughs> we just wanna we just wanna own the stuff we make. That's it. Yeah, we'll keep we'll keep we have uh, other musical works and stuff too. Yeah. So let's um do some entertainment. Yeah. Uh, some basic entertainment stuff. We don't have anything super big planned for this podcast. It was mostly a uh, an update you as to where where we are. Yeah. We but, yeah last episode we hit you with an uh, interview with Todd from ILM and now we're just gonna sort of deflate and, uh, <laughs> and come in and, and just talk about movies. Uh, yeah, just, let's talk about some things coming up uh, or things going on in the entertainment world that we have been kind of recently enjoying. Uh, these things are not always totally current, but they're things that we are discovering and enjoying yeah. along the way. Well, and that's and I've been getting back. I used to really love anime back in the day. Like when Me I was too. in high school, like 95, I just dated the hell out of myself. But that's <laughs> that's when that was. Uh, anime started really making its way to America. Um and you could only really find it. You had to go find it at like the one video store that had a couple tapes, you know, like Vampire Hunter D and Goggo 13, like stuff from the 70s, basically, but that we were just getting. And so Akira was, was the big one. Akira that, was that, the, the, the gateway for sure. Yeah. Um, but then th through that, I started getting into a lot. So I was kind of like an anime guy when it was like hard to be, like hard to find. Uh, and then I just kind of fell off. And then recently I've just been getting caught up. And uh, as you know, Netflix has been pumping a lot of it out and one punch man might be the most amazing oh, one punch show man i've ever seen in my life i know this has like been out for a while but yeah one punch man is is really hilarious i knew a guy that was doing some uh side work for one punch man doing some artwork and stuff and he told me about it and it i thought it was hilarious when he told me about it but i didn't catch on to the show until zach brought it up again about a month ago and we've been watching one punch man it's uh the premise is it, it's a superhero who trains so hard that he can defeat any opponent with one punch, and he hates it. And he hates it. He's just bored with his own ability. There's no challenge, and he's just kind of a normal guy. He just he goes food shopping in his super lame hero costume that he made himself. It's terrible. It's like yellow and red. It's, it's like a yellow. A, it's jumpsuit. like a one piece yellow jumpsuit. And he wears red boots and red gloves. And he has a white cape. And the sound design in that show is incredible. You could tell, like when he like, like makes a fist, it's it's. They want you to know that his gloves are like rubber kitchen gloves. <laughs> we were talking about this the other the other day. There's this sort of we think what they're kind of hitting really well is this idea that any superhero, no matter what their journey is, you kind of expect that they're going to continue on. You know, in comic books and in the films, you never expect Iron Man to die. And if he does, he'll just come back again five years from now in some other mm -hmm. form. So, you know, the superhero goes on um, and there are always these big battles that they have. But in One Punch Man, they just skip all the ideas of the challenge of the battle. <laughs> Since he can defeat a foe with one punch, it's never about, I mean, it is about the fights, right. but that, that's, that is not his challenge. His challenge is never embodied by the fights. His challenge <laughs> that he is has. embodied by everything else around right. him. The fact that he's, it's, I think the, over, the overall theme of the thing is, is talent versus perception and hard work. Yeah. So he's pure talent. That's all he is. And he claims he got there with hard work, but there's something else going on where he's just, he's just effortlessly the most powerful thing in existence. And 
but he but he's perceived by the world as a as a dope. Like they call him a cheater. They think he's stupid looking because he's got a little egg head, <laughs> and so he can't win popularity. He can't do. He can't get anything like going for him, even though he's the most powerful being in the universe. But, and, yeah, there's this host of other superheroes that inhabit this world, and there's City A through City Z. So it's this endless barrage of monsters, bad guys, superheroes, and it's it's incredible. And it's the bad a, guys I, are the best because they all come in in the sort of Dragon Ball Z style. They just can't stop talking about their power or their backstory. And they just go way into it. And it's it just makes their inevitable super quick defeat all the more hilarious. Like, it's so sad. <laughs> it's great. It's really hilarious. It's it's hilarious. But the, uh, but the animation style is top notch. It's bananas. And Excellent. And I'm going to... My 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 dark horse favorite character might be Moomin Rider. <laughs> he's just a regular. He's a low, the lowest class superhero you could be, and he's just a dude on a bike, and his outfit is just bicycle armor, and he's just he means so well. He's such a nice guy, but he just sucks so bad, and he's sort of the polar opposite of One Punch Man, where One Punch Man's not willing to put in any of the effort or the hard work, but he's he's has all the power. And Moomin Rider is like out there on boots on the ground trying to trying to make a life for himself in the superhero world. Yeah, and, and he just gets no just, power. <laughs> no power. One of the best single take animated scenes I've ever seen was him <laughs> pulling up on a group of villains. And then like every motion was animated. He stops, parks his bike, puts the <laughs> kickstand down, adjusts his bike so that it's like the kickstand is engaged. And then runs around the front of the bike and then strikes a fighting pose in front of the bad guys. You know, he, he's riding what essentially is like a cruiser with a basket <laughs> on it. And he has wears a bike helmet, you know. It, it's so it's so great. And as I think we looked up Moomin because it was confusing because it, it's I, I didn't think it was a Japanese word because they say Moomin and then the subtitle just says Moomin. So we're like, what does that mean? It essentially boils down to licenseless. So he's like a licenseless bike rider is his like thing. He's that's like a renegade. Name. That's his yeah. hero name. He defies, you know, <laughs> the, the system in order to, you know, maintain peace and order. That's uh, so good. He so, yeah. he has his move. You know, how people, you know, the people will call out their moves when they're fighting. Uh, like super triple blast, you know. He's like standing... Pedal pedal mode. Mode. <laughs> when he was in like ur- his urgency hit yeah. and he's like, I have to stand up and pedal and he had to announce it and you just feel for the guy. He just sucks so bad. And he has like, you know, God, it's so good. Oh, so yeah. Oh, uh, so, so one of the films that I was looking forward to, uh, I'm a huge fantasy nerd, which I think we've talked about a little bit fantasy oh, yeah. versus sci-fi, which I love both. But uh, I was looking forward to, to the new Arthur uh, King Arthur film. So yeah, so so like one of my favorites is um Excalibur by Borman. You know, that's such a such an excellent film. Uh so I, I'm into the the mythology and uh, of this story and you know, knowing that uh Guy Ritchie. Guy, right? yeah, yeah, Guy Ritchie is directing. It, it's just you know, uh the Sherlock Holmes Guy Ritchie films, they're they're like really entertaining. <laughs> they're uh I don't I wouldn't call them great movies or but they're but they're well crafted and they're they're fun and yeah. and kind of a guilty pleasure. Uh, Robert Downey Jr. Um, and Jude Law have great chemistry and it's really fun to watch them together. I have a really great time. Sometimes I'll just put on Sherlock Holmes, you know. I'm I'm into those. So I was curious what he would do with King Arthur, and I might I might still see it. Oh, you will. And the 
The trailers have been at the very least interesting, but it is getting crushed. Oh yeah, it's, it was nine percent last time we looked. Rotten Tomatoes. My favorite thing, just an aside, is when I come over and we pop the TV on, and it's like whatever embarrassing movie you were watching before, <laughs> like yeah. the night oh, before. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Like uh, I was like Assassin's Creed, huh? You're like, yeah, I, I bought it. I don't give a damn. <laughs> King Arthur. Well, okay. oh, it's gone up. It's, it's at twenty four percent. It's at twenty four percent now. It was at like thirteen percent yesterday. The 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 sadder and, and weirder thing is that the next film beneath it in Rotten Tomatoes that is also being released this week that has a higher percentage point is a movie called Snatched. Which is... just It's just weird. Just, yeah, just think about that for a second. You know, it's, it's almost like somebody planned that, but I thought that was pretty pretty hilarious. And I like that but, Snatched has is 20% more rotten or better. I don't know how... Like, it's less 20% less rotten. Oh, it's the... Oh, right. It's the Goldie Hawn and uh, Amy Schumer movie. Yeah, right, right. So King Arthur, I don't know about that, yeah. but uh, I do want to see Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Two. I heard it was fun, at least. Oh, visually nutty. That's fun. You know what else is a fun movie? And I am actually going to go. We talked about it before. Smurfs: The Lost Village. I did not see Smurfs: Lost Village, okay. but I did go see Fate of the Furious, which ah. was the first full-length uh, Furious movie I've actually sat down and watched. <laughs> I've watched parts of the other ones, uh, but. My buddy Timmy was in town for my birthday. Timmy. And we just went to Alamo Draft House and like I, we almost had the whole theater to ourselves and just sat there and just drank beer. Man, I wish I could have been there with you guys. Uh, What's up, Timmy? Day. Sorry Timmy. I missed you. I was away. Thank you though for coming to trampoline. Yeah, I did you know, I doubled down <laughs> on my trampoline experience and just had a trampoline party for my birthday because screw it. I'm I don't have kids. <laughs> I could still be one. I did a full, I did backflips. Anyway, yeah. Fate of the Furious. That movie is bananas. They're always bananas. They keep getting more and I more didn't bananas. I understand how, there's just a scene in, in downtown Times Square, not even downtown, it's Times Square, Manhattan, where just this stampede of driverless cars is, is, is are careening around corners, chasing people like they're like they're wild animals. It was, I was like, when and where did they shoot this? Because it looks badass. And I didn't get the sense that it was overly CG'd or anything. It looked, it just was executed really well. And there's a few parts of the movie that are like where I ride my bike past. So I was like, oh damn, I'm sort of associated with this, and, a, and it makes me feel cool in a certain way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Vin Diesel pulls off the road to meet with uh, Helen Mirren, and it's like right by where I ride my bike on the way to your place underneath the FDR. Oh yeah. That's that lame, you know, what is it like location-based pride when you see somewhere that you've been in a movie and it doesn't mean anything to anyone <laughs> except you, but it's kind of awesome anyway. Right. But it's kind of unfair being in New York. It's like, of course yeah, you're going to see is... New York, but, but just such a specific part, like the grimy construction zone under the FDR where I like regularly ride by construction dudes trying to hide their weed as I ride by. <laughs> right. It's like, dude, it's only weed in the air right now. There's like so clear what's going on over here. Yeah, the other thing that uh, we've been catching up on is, um, I don't know how many of you guys out there are Silicon Valley fans, but that show never fails to deliver the goods. There, there, was, a, there, was, a physical com- there was a physical comedy bit in the last episode that had, like, I had tears in my eyes. I was laughing so hard. You know, when pe- they, physical comedy is a tough thing to nail, but when people get it right, it's, it's pretty beautiful. This is also the episode that's become known for, uh, Jared 
screaming. Oh damn! I, I yeah, don't I'm I haven't seen it yet. So I won't, don't, don't I won't, get too go, I won't it. go into. I don't it. even want to see the scene. Yeah, it's their, it's their, it's pretty amazing. guy. Yeah. Um, I I the, the last season I saw they had a physical comedy bit that like my girlfriend and I had to pause it because we were laughing so much when he tried to come in and lay the law down on that, uh, on their CEO and he put his hands on the desk and they just slipped on some papers and just oh, yeah. hit his jaw on the edge of the <laughs> yeah, desk. No, that was one of the funniest things I've ever seen in my life. It, it's pretty incredible that this bit that, that, uh, that happens, I, I won't tell you, but it's, it, it's one of those things that goes on for too long. Basically <laughs> it's, it's built. The humor just is, is up to second to second by how, the situation gets worse and worse yeah. in real time, you know. Oh, I gotta get caught um, up. It's yeah, get caught up on that. Um, and they're also taking the series in some new, interesting directions. Uh, they're very aware of the story. It's nice to see that the story can't sort of languish in a particular place, and they understand that it needs to go somewhere to be interesting. Yeah. And they start to change it up. They change up the game. You know, they change. It. They're starting to pair off characters into different scenarios, and they're giving. You know they're taking the characters down certain pathways that seem very different from where they've been in the last couple seasons, so that's really cool, and I always really appreciate that. That's a uh, we were talking about this earlier when we were watching One Punch Man actually that we're in a place I don't care what anybody says, but entertainment just keeps one upping itself. I know I feel it's like great. shows. I feel like shows are getting better. Like I don't. I feel like they they accept the challenge of something great existing and be like, what can we do that's either at least different, if not better, yeah, than and improve upon the formulas. Like One Punch Man story has been done to death. Like superhero parody stuff is is out there and it's been out there, but they're doing it the best right now. Yeah, they're taking it in a, in a direction that's per- perfect. And yeah, no, it's it is incredible. Entertainment keeps they they do they keep upping themselves, and now you know. A good independent sci-fi film is going to be an incredible independent sci-fi film. You know, it's just getting weird. Yeah. You know, it's getting weird what people can do with smaller budgets. Uh, people are being resourceful in ways that are unexpected, and they're creating things that are just pushing the envelope. And it's it's awesome. I feel like it's kind of an exciting time. Like, entertainment's yeah. we're kind of going off the rails in these beautiful ways. And uh, yeah, I can't wait. And speaking of which. Uh, there was a trailer that came out recently that we probably should have talked about. Oh, was it Blade Runner? No, oh. episode eight. <laughs> oh, yeah. That was uh, when we were both like we. So they dropped the trailer or the teaser, at least obviously unannounced. That's how they do it. And so we didn't know it was coming out. And uh, Craven actually had gone back home to visit his family the day it came out. So there was it was impossible for us to bang out some sort of quick reaction. Yeah. And we weren't able to get together for like a week. So and by that time, it's just you don't. You don't hit something out a week after it's come out like that, you know. It's for something that topical. Yeah. So it was. Uh, we definitely know that a lot of people expected us to do some kind of a Kylo Ren thing. But even if we were together, I don't know what we would do for Kylo Ren. He was reacting to old stuff. Uh, Rogue One takes place in his past, and yeah. he hasn't really done anything with his current universe or his current existence. So yeah, it's it's a it's good, it's a tricky. It could be a situation. sort of. I mean, it could be sort of a gag ender. Yeah. Like, like, wait, where where am I? Where am I supposed to be? Like, what's in my future? Like, like once he that, perceives his, like the, yeah. the the fourth wall, he it just shatters and he just ceases to exist. Yeah, it's a little it's a little weird. I mean, Kylo is going to be a continuing character for us uh, doing his his bits, but uh, we have some things planned for him. But yeah. but it's it's a little strange once he starts seeing things that he's 
that he's involved that his yeah i'm just in, not yeah. sure how to i mean we'll 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 think of ways to to, to approach it. Yeah. I mean, the obvious thing is that his, our Kylo Ren is the Kylo Ren that would exist in our Star Wars universe, and he's commenting on this alternate Kylo Ren. <laughs> or or it could be or it could be that he is actually ahead of all of it. <laughs> oh, some sort of like And he could be like, that's, that's not the... No, he's like, that's not the way it happened. Right, so like, the, I our was, Kylo Ren is existing after the all the Star Wars movies. Yeah, and, like which, somehow... But, but, but that's a gamble, too. Like, I what if he <laughs> dies in episode nine? He's like, I've been dead the whole time. Psych! <laughs> Remember Lost? I'm just like the last season of Lost in human form. <laughs> exactly. It gets super weird. We'll just have to see how that plays out. He's still mm. he's still a YouTuber, though, at heart, yeah. so we'll keep him alive. And, That's where he uh, channels his dark forces, his yeah. dark energy. The dark forces dark of forces. Kylo. Um, yeah, I'm looking at this. We just have the Rotten Tomatoes list open in front of us. and Yeah, Amer- <laughs> American Gods. I haven't seen the second episode yet, but the first episode was phenomenal. I read the book yeah. many moons ago, and it was... And then there was a follow-up book called The Anansi Boys, which is amazing. Uh, and everything about the show so far is killing it, you know, nice. in terms of, like, dealing with their with the sort of um, abstract storyline and, and the actors and the performances. You know, Ian McShane is going to just kill it as Ian McShane in whatever he does. Are there a ton of – Ian McShane is incredible. Are yeah. there just a, a ton of amazing shows right now? I mean, like, The yeah. Leftovers is in its third and final season, and it's phenomenal. Better Call Saul is always amazing. I gotta <laughs> check out Handmaiden's Tale. Actually, it's at a hundred percent right now. Yeah, what is so, going on? We are being inundated with yeah. amazing television. Because I've I was a uh, Margaret Atwood fan just from her books, and I was I was very curious to see how they handle her show because that is a dark, dark story. Mm. Um, and Oliver's Art, Orcs and Crake is another one of my favorite books. That's a good sci-fi uh, journey you should all take. You know, television. I was talking with my friend Jonathan, who's an ad agency. Uh, he's a direct. He's a, he's a filmmaker, and he works in the ad world. And uh, he's he's this really creative, really amazing guy. And his insights are really interesting. But he he was telling me that he's uh, he knows a lot of people that are moving over from. We may have discussed this a little bit before, but people that are moving over from film to television, uh, just because yeah. the opportunity in television, you might have to sacrifice a little bit in terms of the paycheck but the thing is you get a chance to reinvent yourself yeah you get a chance to to really flex your your writing and you know you can tell a story over like eight episodes instead of in two hours and well there was a time when tv was a death sentence for anybody in the industry yeah do you remember do you remember how that was you know working in television was sort of looked down upon like you know if you were a movie star and then you took on a show it was just like the most like gauche thing you could do <laughs> yeah it's really weird how the how the perception around all of that has changed i yeah. mean it's it's kind of incredible television is quickly becoming where it's at you know yeah man archer i don't know where that show's going I, i'm a fan of that guy's previous work you know c lab and Fris- oh, yeah, frisky dingo right and there's always a, a a tipping point where the show starts to lose its mind and you know it's about to end and I feel like Archer hit that maybe two or three seasons ago, but, oh, yeah. but they won't let him quit. So I haven't, I haven't seen on. not one episode of Archer. I just haven't even gotten in there. It's it's fine. You know, it's good. It's it's hilarious when it needs to be. Yeah, it's the highs are high, the lows are low, that kind of thing. Alien Covenant. Alien Covenant's coming up. We're just we're just we're just, <laughs> we're just browsing the internet right now. You guys are just kind of hanging out with us. This is yes. basically what our <laughs> office jobs used to be like. And you're just we're just at work right now. Just seeing what's just what the hot the hot headlines through. are. Yeah. Oh man. I mean, there are lots of things coming up. We're we're coming upon the summer movie. Uh, 
universe, you know. So yeah. th there's going to be a lot of things to discuss there. Boss we, baby. We've got Blade Runner. We don't, I mean, that's just going to be cool. The circle. Know. I'm going to throw something out there real quick. A lot of people ask me if I like Dave Eggers, the who wrote the book that the mm -hmm. circle is based on, and they're always surprised when I say I think he's a, a he's a turd. <laughs> And, and I, and I You're was so negative, I'm, Zach. No, 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 I'm not negative. Here's why. You're so and this negative. Is, this is something I've been trying to explain to people for years. And now, sort of like politically and everything, people are starting to get it. I have a copy of his first book, A Heartbreaking Work of Staggering Genius. The title alone, I know it's supposed to be sort of self-aware. But once I started reading it, I'm like, it's not. This guy's a mopey, egotistical, you know, whatever. Dave Eggers, I know you're listening. Uh, <laughs> just if you want to talk about it with me and explain yourself, that's fine. I'm, I'm available. Uh, I know you're. I know you're a fan, <laughs> but there's a open. So the opening of the book is this ridiculous forward. It's like a note from the author, but it's like 50 pages long. It's like uh -huh. a quarter of the book. So the joke is that it just doesn't stop, and it just becomes this, um, f uh, this this free thought. Just uh, you know, he's vamping and he's like making lists. And there's one list. He's like things that make me happy. And one of the things on the list was like seeing a black dad with this child. And I was like, you smug fucking asshole. Like, is that such a rarity to you that that makes you, that it puts a little smile on your face? And like, I know he did it to me huh. well, but that's that kind of like good intentions that are just like. It's a weird like, thing to say, actually. It is. And this was this but. book came out like maybe 15 years ago or something like that. So it is a different time, but it that's always. It's not that long that's ago. That's not that long ago. But in terms of like societal perception, people are just starting to like realize that these things are negative. You know, and it's like, yeah. like you know, st there are statistics out there. There actually are far less fatherless black households than people think there are. It's not a, actually a high percentage any more than yeah. any other family. But some for some reason, there was enough of a perception that that was that Dave Eggers had to, like, try to make himself look like some kind of a goddamn saint for being moved by the, the sight of a black dad that stuck around. You know, so I, I, I shut the book. I was like, fuck this guy. Through the, and I, but I kept the book for posterity. Zach is triggered. So I'm triggered. <laughs> David Edgar's, da David Edgar's triggered, David, Zach. David, David Edgar. David uh, Eggs triggered you, I Zach. Hope, I hope at this point you, you, under, you know what you did and you've been quietly just like trying to hope that nobody else brought it up. I can't. I have to. I kept the book because sometimes they think I'm crazy because I search for it every once in a while. Nobody else says anything about it because probably because black people don't read Dave Eggers. <laughs> like that's that's a, that's an assumption I'm willing to make. Uh, he has nothing to say uh, to anybody. Else. Lordy, lordy. But I highlighted it. I even kept it. I'm like, why don't you like Dave Eggers? He's such a funny writer. I'm like, because he created McSweeney's, which was also like a, yeah. a popular sort of like uh, parody satire site. Mm -hmm. With like a little bit more of a sophisticated, you know, I actually like McSweeney's. I, there's a lot of funny articles on there, and a lot of people that I I care deeply about started there. But uh, but yeah, that's the circle that's coming out. That was part of our browse. I just caught it out of the corner of my eye. Tom <laughs> Hanks is in it. My I, I explained this to my mom actually because she's like, I like the circle, the book, and I keep telling her I'm like, I'm never gonna read another Dave Eggers book. Stop trying to get me to to read it. The circle is hanging strong at 16%. Ooh, suck it, Eggers. 16%. Oh, <laughs> uh, the people rough. have the people have spoken. Oh, that is rough. Oh, Hermione Granger's in it though. That sucks. She's awesome. <sighs> she's she's And I love Tom Hanks. Like he's You can't you can't you can't shit on Tom Hanks too much, you know. No. Oh, that's 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 rough. I like though. this little empty sad empty bucket of popcorn that represents the audience, the negative audience score. Oh man. And yeah, maybe we can cut this. But the reason I feel so it. strongly about it is not because I'm some like social justice warrior. It's because I have a black dad 
who met my mom when I was already born, and he stepped the fuck up and adopted me and raised me. So I have personally experienced the positive influence of a strong black parental figure, father figure. Well, you can perhaps feel just a little bit of uh, schadenfreude uh, at the 16% Rotten Tomatoes score. I don't need his movies to bomb. I just need him to understand what he said. I just need him to know what he did wrong. You should write to him, and he'll probably write you back. I'll be like, Dave Eggers, listen. Peer to peer, <laughs> entertainer to entertainer, We're, we both understand each other. Let me just get to the point. <laughs> yeah, I like Tom Hanks, and I like Emma Watson. Yeah. Emma Watson's uh, really know, uh, cool. She's always looking for, for weird projects. She's always, uh, you know, I keep waiting for her to, like, land in some yeah. very, kind of really sideways role. And, you know, but, uh, John Boyega's in it, too, so I wonder if, like, he put a smile on Dave Eggers' face when he, <laughs> when he was like, I hope to have kids one day and raise them. <laughs> Son of a bitch. Uh, on that note. Oh, no, I like that it's rated PG-13 for asexual situation. <laughs> That's it. You got huh. Get ready, guys. There's at least one. Just one, probably. Sexual moment to be had. Well, on that note, why don't we close it out? I think we're kind of rotten yeah. tomatoes out. Yeah. We, uh, we, we finished the internet. Yeah. We're good. Uh, we are going to be looking for more, uh, more uh, people to interview coming up also. Yeah, we might reach. If you have any suggestions of people you think that might be cool, we'll try to reach out to them. We also have some uh, industry people, perhaps. Yeah, you know, if you want to get, you know, Mark Hamill, if somebody knows him, that'd be cool. Maybe George Lucas, even. (laughs) We know you guys know people. Uh, Yeah, we're gonna reach out to some more people and always post questions if you have any. Then we'll we'll we'd be more than happy to address. Anything you guys want to know from us on our future podcast. Most definitely. Yeah. Hit us up at our either Twitter page or our Facebook page. Um, whatever. We have a website. You can check that out. Yeah. <laughs> All right. One stop shop. And that's it. Well, thanks again for listening to us blither blather on for like 40 minutes. Yeah. Go but, see uh, uh, Fate of the Furious. Don't go see The Circle. <laughs> <laughs> And that's it. We'll be back with more stuff soon. Until next time. Bye. Bye.